1: Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Ealing Road Buzz um, I'm Tom Moore and I'm here with uh, Conor McCabe Hello And uh, we're here in a, a fine establishment in Ealing the Castle And uh, we're going to be talking all things Brentford um, It's obviously been a, a productive Christmas period for, for the Bees um, Nine points out of twelve Since we last hosted a podcast it, it was uh, a 2-0 win over Sheffield Wednesday And uh, if we just look back on that one first I mean Conor what, what did you make of a, a fine win?
0: Yeah, it was a good win. We spoke about it in the previous podcast. Uh, one of the things I mentioned was, you know, we wasn't kind of sure what Sheffield Wednesday team we'd see. Obviously, it was just stacking the manager. Uh, and, you know, we ran into a very poor one. Uh, I think probably one of the worst team we've seen at Griffin Park this season, I have to say. Mm. They, they certainly <laughs>
1: were... It was certainly the uh, most comfortable win I've seen at Griffin Park this season. I think uh, I think they got their selection wrong. Obviously, they had uh, N- new year up front to was just a big lump really as yeah. cruel as it is to say that was all he was there to do, he was just there to try and be big and try and win aerial battles I think that was sort of where they felt they could get at Brentford but it didn't work for them so uh, that that was a shame from their perspective but Brentford fully really deserved the win it could easily have been more I think Lasaviba had a good chance, Flyn Josephine had a good chance, Ryan Woods had a shot saved as well, it was a bit of relief though when Aflo put it in at uh, with 10 minutes left too, after we've seen it all before with the
0: uh, yeah. leads and all that. Really nice to you know actually put a game to bed for once, really. We didn't have to go into the last 10 minutes with that uh, anxiety of you know uh, potentially throwing away a lead. Although then again we say that we've already done that once, the two-goal lead this season. So you know anything can happen. But mm-hmm. no, it, it was a very comfortable win in the end and I think that we'll be very happy with that. Yeah, and
1: I think obviously... Moving on to Wolves on uh, Tuesday night, I think it was. Uh, it was a difficult night all round. Really, I, th- I think the th- I think the thing to say really is, Wolves are by far the best team I've seen. Watching Brentford in the Championship, I think they are absolutely superb, and they will win the league comfortably. And I personally think they'll get over one hundred and six points. I mean. Obviously you were following the game game what did you sort of make of it from what you've seen
0: I think we were very very good in the first half uh you know we held them to their own 0-0 at half time Daniel Bentley made some absolutely fantastic saves uh, probably the man of the match at least from our end um but so yeah it was a pretty good game but obviously Wolves are just a different class when those two goals went in especially with a free kick of that quality there's just not much you could do really and I think Four games ago, if you said nine points out of twelve over the Christmas period, and the only loss coming to you know by far and away the best team in the league, and you know at least giving it a go as well, that's another thing to mention. We didn't just sit back; we did actually go for it, which a lot of teams that probably go to the monument would rather sit back. And uh, so yeah, I think nine points out of twelve over the Christmas period is you know a really really very good effort.
1: I I would agree. I think certainly Dean was saying, but Dean Smith was saying before the festive fixtures um, nine points out of twelve was the target that target was obviously achieved okay we'd have all we'd have <coughs> loved to have seen twelve points out of twelve but it's a, it's a strange feeling in a way I mean I'd be more disappointed with some of the draws this season for sure
0: uh, I think we've I think, I look yesterday, we had the fourth least amount of loss in the league. Mm. I think there's only, obviously, three teams ahead of us, one of those being Wolves. It's just the fact that, you know, a lot of draws in the early yeah. half of the season has, I'm a little bit worried that may let us down towards the end of the season and come trying to make a playoff run. Mm. I mean, I think there are certain
1: things, whether Brentford make the playoffs or not, that you can easily point at to see what why they didn't make the playoffs. I think, obviously, I think in the Dykehouse and Smith season in... Uh, 15-16 it was the uh, run of form against the sides up at the top I can't recall Brentford picking up many points against the teams that finished above them mm. last season I think it was more about the uh, games against the uh, the bottom sides I think only beating Rotherham at home Yeah. They drew with Wigan at home lost to Rotherham away lost to Wigan away lost to Blackburn home and away yep and you add those points on puts Brentford a lot close to the playoffs it's, a, it, it's easy to pinpoint things I think if it was to be this season i think the obvious one is not turning draws into wins and also the inability to hold on onto a lead at the start of the season i think those are the things that you have to sort of go back to and go that that's the reason and you have to sort of go well if you know the reason then at least you can work on correcting it at least so
0: yeah I think you have to give them some leeway, though, because, of course, over the summer we lost three starters Mm. in Maxim Collin, Harley-Dean and Jota, so it was quite hard, three new players coming in and, you know, uh, having to get used to that first-team football, so we had uh, quite a few new faces come in the summer, and it wasn't even particularly that we'd never really played badly at all this season, it was always just having to be that little bit more clinical, and we could just never quite get it, and... Coming to the end of the season, we'll have to see how that plays out and whether that has affected our playoff chances or not. I'm trying to think. I think, to me, the
1: standout poorest performance was the League Cup defeat to Norwich. I think I can't think of any league game where I felt Brentford were particularly poor. Uh, I think maybe the second half at Ipswich at the start of the season when they went two 0 up, and that that was pretty much it. So yeah, I don't. Th- I think Brentford have played well. It's just. Lapse in concentration at key moments in both boxes Definitely. So plenty still to be optimistic about I think And I think a 3-0 a defeat to Wolves I, I can't see many teams getting a point against Wolves Whether they're at home or at Molyneux So I don't think it's necessarily anything dropped I think a point would have been a bonus
0: Yep. And I think uh, we can look forward to Notts County as well Which should be Quite an exciting day. Yeah, and then of course we've got most likely going to be quite a few changes coming into the Notts County team. Hopefully, we'll see the likes of Alan Judge, Mark mm. coming in, maybe McLeod. So it'll be good to see some uh, old faces back, some new faces, a bit of rotation. You know, see what give uh, other players a chance, see what they can do. I mean, I'm, I was looking at it
1: today. <coughs> I mean, if you're looking at players that could do maybe with a, a weekend off, I think the first one that came to my mind anyway as Ryan Woods. He's played yeah. third most minutes of any player. Dan Bentley's played the most, as he's played all of them. Yeah. Ollie, quite likely to see Daniels coming yeah. for that game probably. Yep. Ollie Watkins has played the second most but then also he missed Boxing Day for injury, so he has had that yeah. evening off, shall we say. So Woods is probably the prime candidate to be given a breather. Then you're probably looking at someone like Sawyers. You're looking at on Sergey. maybe Sergi you could even you could even say someone like Jan Barbe or Janaris. Nico as well. I think he's he's up there as the playing some of the most minutes. Yeah. So and it's also necessarily who d who needs a breather, but who needs time on the pitch. And I think McLeod needs time on the pitch. Yep. Judge needs time on the pitch. Marcondes needs time on the pitch. McKetkin needs more time on the pitch. Yep. It, and Daniels needs
0: some time on the pitch. Clark's and, back from injury now, he probably Clay. come in for the game. I think Mopar probably started with yep. eBay. You'll see Daniels come in. Uh, not sure what to do with the defense. Egan might likely to miss if, the game. So. If Egan's fit, I think he he'll come in maybe give yeah.
1: Mepham a vest or the vest. I but think
0: then after that, if Egan's not back, then you know the, the back line you might mm. see Ilias come in maybe for Johan yeah. or one of the, one of the three centre backs anyway because mm. you know if we drop Mepham, Barbe can just go back into centre back. Mm. But see, so yeah, I think Ilias probably coming for that game as well. Yeah, or, or possibly even Tom Field now he's back from his loan at Bradford. So yeah, so. <laughs> You know, Smith's definitely got getting some more options now in his team. We've got another left-back come in. You've got the return of Jarge and McLeod mm-hmm. slowly. You've got Macondes, who's just joined the squad. So, yeah, he's definitely going to have a bit of selection headache in a few weeks. And, of course, you know, you've got Dow's God, even coming back from injury, yeah. who hopefully won't be up for too long. So even then, then we'll have three options at right-back, mm-hmm. three at left-back. You've got four good centre-backs, uh, several midfield options, two good strikers. So, yeah. Yeah, and I I think
1: the there are a lot of questions that people will be looking forward <coughs> to, to seeing answered is how is Judge going to fit back into this team? How's Mark going to fit in? How's McLeod going to fit in? Because obviously, since he was out, Brentford have changed the way they play. They they obviously built their game around Scott Hogan. Before McLeod got injured, they've obviously built it in a different way now. Yeah, is some some interesting questions that that will be answered. And I think it's uh, well worth. Brentford fans are coming along on Saturday just to see, see one. I think it'd be great to see as many Brentford fans coming to the game to see Alan Judge make his return. I think yep. we've we've looked forward to this day for for a long time. I mean, twenty two
0: months, tw- twenty
1: months. I think it is yeah. about about that. I remember it was Grand National Day twenty sixteen, so that's sort of mid April. So uh, it's it's been a it's been a long time. So yeah. uh, I mean, I remember the image of him falling after the injury happened that that, that's been burnt into my head and it's something that I don't think I'll ever forget in a way and I'd quite like to forget it in truth but I don't think it's one that you don't don't forget and you you know immediately when it's a serious injury it's not it's not as if it's uh when you see a player rolling around and all that uh It's not as if that's uh, you can sort of tell, but when a player goes down and is not moving or in clear agony, that that's when you know.
0: No, it'd be brilliant to see him back, and I'm sure he's going to get a you know fantastic reception. Mm. And obviously, Marcondes.
1: I mean, we we spoke about him last week, and obviously, he's he's already uh, popular in the eyes of uh, Brentford fans, certainly. And I think uh, he, he. he's one that we're not entirely sure where he's going to fit in yet yeah
0: good to see him on the bench for Wolves although not particularly surprised that he didn't come on to be honest mm-hmm. um, some of the free changes that, you know especially with the final change Johan uh, came off for yeah. Josh Clark uh, of course you know you don't want Johan to get sent off he was on the yellow at that point so I think some fans were a little bit surprised to see maybe why an attacking option didn't come on uh, it'll be it be interesting to see where he plays mm-hmm. I, from what I'm aware of I believe he's number 10 mm-hmm. so but then you know in this First team, you've got Woods and you've got Sawyer's, who you just can't really drop right now. Mm. And then you know there's a case for Makocho or Yunaris to be alongside, uh, alongside Woods in the middle. Maybe wow. Mekondes out wide. I uh, we'll have to see how that works. And then you know you've got Judge as well. Like where's he going to play? I think Judge probably won't get into the first team straight away for sure. Uh, not just because of his injury, of course. He's going to have to prove that he's got something about him that gives a reason for Smith to drop someone else in the team. Mm. We could see Judge on either wing as well, so it's going to be. He's definitely got a selection uh, headache on his yeah. hands. I mean, I,
1: I was trying to think if I was Dean Smith, what team would I pick? The county. I, yeah, I genuinely can't. I can't. I can't think of it. I mean, I'd. I'd like to see. <laughs> in a way, you'd probably like to see Judge coming off the bench. Maybe yeah. Marcondes coming off the bench, maybe. I'd certainly have someone like McEachran in. Yeah. I'd certainly have Mopey in. McEachran's a face that I didn't even mention in all those midfield yeah. dilemmas. So there's another one. Yeah, I mean that that's the thing. There's a, there's a, a big traffic jam in in midfield. I mean we've not even mentioned some of the B team players in like of course Reece Cole, it's, Zane it, Westbrook. Yeah. Seen minutes last season. Yeah, so there, there's plenty, plenty out there that could could come into his thinking but it all depends how seriously you take the FA Cup yeah. I mean
0: I think the fans would love to see the Cup be taken a bit seriously because in the last few years of course we haven't uh, got progressed particularly far in any of the uh, the League Cup or the FA Cup so it would be good to not out, your team that we definitely should be winning you know, 2-3-0 over fairly comfortably at least yeah. you know, it shouldn't really cause us too many problems even with a, a second string team I think we should have the quality to beat County. so let's face
1: it if a second string team is including Alan Judge then that's yeah. that's saying a lot about the quality of, of the side being put out I mean for me I've always loved the FA Cup I remember watching Brentford beat Sunderland uh, at Griffin Park 11 years ago there obviously haven't been too many cup sets obviously the the Chelsea 2-2 that was a that Brilliant was a strange game. one in a way I mean uh, we I, were, I, I remember leaving disappointed
0: foot. I know we were on the front foot for most of the game weren't we and uh I think Torres, who was on a very long run of not actually scoring at this point, had yeah. then come off the bench, I believe, and scored yeah. to make it 2-2. So it was a game that we definitely felt that we could have won at the time. One could actually argue that given <coughs>
1: the uh, goals Torres scored, even that, that one in the new Camp, that was pretty much his only result-changing goal for Chelsea. Yeah. Because, yes, the, people look at the goal at the new Camp as more, more special, more important, but as things stood... Chelsea were still progressing in in the to the Champions League final, so it was one of his more important result-defining goals for Chelsea, and um, it it certainly was a it was certainly a strange day. I remember being more disappointed after the two two than in a way when when Chelsea's class told in the in the replay. Yeah.
0: No, for sure. I think in the home fixture we were we were looking at a very confident side, and I think with how the game was going, it was definitely all set up for us to you know get a winner if we could, or hold on at least. Uh, and then, of course, in the replay, it was just Chelsea, just as like you said, just showed their class unfortunately well it 's very tough to a team like us to compete, but you know very similar to how we always do. i think we all we at least went for it you know we didn 't particularly mm. try to sit back we didn 't just try to do defensive yeah. football, no matter who we 're up against, we always do try to go for an attacking style mm.
1: and obviously transfer window is open it 's been a bit been a bit quiet so far, and I think uh, if it 's still quiet by january yeah. the thirty first how should, please most Brentford fans <laughs> yes. I'd imagine We should point out that it's being recorded on the 4th of January at this moment So uh, and anything that happens subsequently is not in my control So uh, obviously it's uh, still a long month to go So yeah. uh, is plenty could happen I mean yeah. there's bound to be clubs sniffing around here and there It's just a case of whether Brentford's valuation is met And whether they feel they've got Either cover in place or yeah, be able to uh, get a replacement in.
0: I think we'll see a fairly quiet transfer window. I can't imagine any particular major names leaving, but you know we may see some of the midfield. I wouldn't be surprised to see a midfielder maybe leave, whether that's on loan, maybe also one of the youngsters, or just someone leaving on a permanent. Whoever that may be, I don't know. Uh, and of course, we may see like other youngsters around the pitch, like such mm-hmm. maybe Tom Field going out on loan again, or. Maybe Ilias, mm. if one of those two aren't particularly indigenous plans, mm. um, but yeah, other than that, I I can't see any major names leaving this window. I think will be fairly safe. Yeah, I hope.
1: Well, we we, we have to hope. I mean, uh, obviously, we we all remember what happened at the end of uh, the the summer transfer window with uh, Birmingham just trying to sign half of the team. So uh, fingers crossed that doesn't happen again. But uh, now I think it. I'm hoping it's going to be quite a cut transfer window and I am and I know uh, I normally have this joke with Dean before during a transfer window he's got his own little transfer window advent calendar and he hopes that behind the uh, door on 31 he's got a load of chocolate members of his squad <laughs> I remember once almost wanting to present him with a chocolate Alan Judge <laughs> although it was a chocolate Father Christmas so uh, I didn't in the end but it was certainly quite tempting just to have a Bit of, bit of a laugh with with the head coach. I think uh, transfer window season's always stressful, be it whether you're a supporter or you're a journalist. There's so much chatter. There's always claim, counterclaim. You've obviously... There are three sides to any transfer story, I think. You've got the players' side, the club's side, well, both clubs' sides, so we say four. So club A, club B, and also the agent side. So there, there are four sides to any story that comes in the uh, transfer window and there will be an element of telling you their version of the truth and it doesn't necessarily all correlate with it with everything so there will be claims made by a club or someone that sort of stems from a certain club They're, they'll be they have their own agendas to uh, to serve Brentford will have their own agenda to serve as well. The player has their agenda to serve, and obviously the agent has theirs as well. And it does lead to stories changing almost overnight. I mean, I remember sort of... Hotter in the summer window, he was being linked with a host of clubs, and then Birmingham come in at the last minute. So... These things can change rapidly. I mean, we've sure. we've seen we've seen some ridiculous things. I mean, the the one I, I remember is uh, down the road at QPR when I uh, can't remember his name now. He turns up at uh, at Loftus Road. Peter Odemwingie. That's the one. Oh yeah, from West Brom. <laughs> yeah, he turns up at Loftus Road. I mean, that it, it's just what is going on here. So, and obviously. You see on the on the TV, everyone at certain football grounds. If someone asks me, I'm not. It is it's not, it's not necessarily an enjoyable month for, for journalists either. I mean, I, I I've got great sympathy for those people that uh, that stand outside the grounds and certainly have the fans behind them and all that. I mean, I think you can all think of certain scenes that we can't necessarily mention here, but I'm quite sure you know what I'm talking about. So yeah, it's uh, it's certainly a, a, st- a stressful month. I mean, for a supporter, I mean, when obviously the claims come out, I mean, it's sort of how true is it? I mean, it, it's it's a tough it's a t- it's a tough month and hard on the heart for the fans as well, isn't it?
0: No, it it definitely is. Um, I think nowadays, especially you know, two thousand and eighteen with social media and how everything goes, I think there's always a lot more false claims uh, than there has been probably in any more years. And so it's definitely more worrying at times. You never know what to believe.
1: I think on that note we'll uh, round it off there Uh, Thank thank you very much for joining us and um, we'll be uh, back with you shortly